Welcome to the Queer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Elise, and each week I'll be interviewing a queer person about their experiences in fitness and sports. It's a special episode this week as I talk to my partner, Kai DeVries, about their experiences as an amateur martial artist. The Queer Fitness Podcast is co-produced by Eden Robinson. This episode of the Queer Fitness Podcast is sponsored by our Patreon. When you support this podcast on Patreon, you are helped making this labor of love a long-lasting one. And the first goal covers monthly audio file hosting and transcription costs. And you get access to Patreon-only perks like bonus content from every episode. Support the show at patreon.com slash queerfitnesspod. by this point um hi hun (laughs) (laughs) could you introduce yourself your name your queer identity and any other words to describe you um hi i'm kai (laughs) i use they them or he him pronouns uh queer identity wise i i believe that means trans masculine other words to describe me are creative I mean, nerd is definitely a valid word. Yep. Um, Artist. That creative kind of captures that, right? Like, yeah, but it's more specific. Okay, artist. I am a martial artist and an artist artist. And a, and a writer. writer. I am also a writer. I'm working on... I just determined today that it's going to be a trilogy. So tell me more about doing martial arts. What? Which martial art are you doing? I'm How an long? overachiever. Okay. I do, technically I do three. Um, I do Taekwondo, Hapkido, and Gumdo. Um, Gumdo, not Gumbo. I've had so many people ask me to repeat that because they thought I was talking about soup. I'm not. <laughs> um, so I've also every- seen it spelled with a K. Yeah, so the reason for that is because in Korean, the g- k sound is actually the same exact character. And it depends on, I believe it depends on the Context. I don't know enough about the specifics of the Korean language to mm-hmm. like make a true educated statement about sure. that. But I do know that like the what I have understanding wise is the character is the same. The same. How long have you been doing these three? I've been I've been participating in these sports for about a year now, um, which has been kind of cool. It's a very different experience um, being an adult starting a new sport. Um, I swam my entire life from age like five until I graduated high school at 17. So, um, very used to how that culture works with swim culture and with how, um, how the, the sport itself is run, swim meets, uh, what your stroke, I guess what your strokes are. Um, like that was how all of us would introduce ourselves. Like, oh, hey, what's up? Insert person's name here. Yeah, that's cool. Which races are you doing? What's your stroke? But yeah, you just always asked what, what your stroke is. And so that's not really one of the things you do with Taekwondo. It's like you can visually see. You're like, oh, it's you're this belt. That's cool. My belt ranks are not the same as the other ones. My I tried at first. I was like, I'm going to level up at one level up like a video game. So I was going to try and go. There are belt systems. As yeah. In, duh. Um, I was going to try and go up each belt equal. 
Oh, then I, I see realized what you're that Hapkido is ridiculously harder than Taekwondo. For me, okay, for me, yeah, Taekwondo is easier to learn and comprehend and compete with, right? Than Hapkido. Yeah. Um, just because there's so much I have to learn with Hapkido, so much, and well, I don't think you wanted something different, yeah. out of a martial art than Hapkido really is that you were looking for. From Taekwondo. I, yeah. I, when I started, I was originally just looking for, like, Taekwondo. Yeah. And then I found a place that has three styles, all Korean styles, and I ended up liking all three, like, because the application for each one is different. Mm-hmm. For Taekwondo, I mean, it's great for competitive stuff. It's great for strengthening your thighs. It's a great workout. Like, really great workout. But Hepkido, to me, is a very practical art. Um, with how it moves, with the situations. Like, your stance for Taekwondo, if you're doing a competition or sparring, is it's faster if you're just turned sideways and just can go with your leg. But then with Hapkido, your stance is literally just you're standing there. Yeah. Because it's if someone, say you're standing in a bar, and someone comes up and is, like, getting in your face, or is, like, trying to, like, abduct you, I guess. Um... (laughs) It's, it's practical movements to right. get out of that. Yeah. Gumdo, there's not much practical use to it. It's more just fun because I'm using a sword. So you mentioned swimming. Yes. Be- swimming. Kind of, yeah. Tell me, like, what swimming was like growing up, starting swimming, and then becoming a competitive swimmer in oh, high school. Oh, competitive swimming. Um, I mean, my parents started all of, all of us <laughs> kids in swimming because... My grandparents li- lived um, by the beach. Yeah. And I mean, I had a similar experience. Like, yeah, <laughs> I got taught to swim at a young age because oh, yeah. it was important to be able to swim if you live near the beach. Exactly. Like, my mom wanted to be able for us to either go to the beach or go to the, my grandparents' dock by the sound and not be terrified of us being in the water. Yeah. I mean, beyond, like, there are stingrays and sharks. Like, she's like, I don't want the swimming part to be the scary part. Right. Um... And she always ended up being, like, the only adult over there. So her, her concern was valid. Um, but then the more we all did it, I mean, my parents loved um, the swim culture of, of being with the watchers, of the parents. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's fun. It's a fun experience for the kids and the parents. Because the parents are getting into it. They're having a great time cheering. And especially if you're doing, like, summer swim. It's super fun. Um, and then when you're one of the swimmer, one of the kids, one of the swimmers, it's, it's a great like it's a good team because I do better when it is an individualized team sport okay so I like putting the pressure on myself it is my own performance if I mess it up it's my fault yeah it's not gonna be like if I am on like a soccer team and you have to like constantly work together because I don't want to get angry at someone I'd rather get angry at myself like I messed that up like you know I know I can do butterfly better than that i've done it faster than that But you've also got the support from the team oh yeah but then you also like when you get out of the water you've got your coaches being like yeah or like who's that but then you also have all your teammates that are like standing behind the block too being like oh you did a great job like don't worry about it like that was that was a great experience it's kind of like that what i've experienced over this past year with taekwondo even as an adult first year student for this um is it is so individualized. So when I do my form, it is on me. Yeah. When I spar, it's on me. But your teammates or your other students in the dojang are just as 
supportive and like they also understand when you because they can see you beating yourself up they see you they, they know the expression because they understand that I put this own pressure on myself I'm so sad that it turned out this way and then they understand like oh like you still did a great job you still tried you put yourself out there and you did it which is a big deal and yeah. it's pretty cool yeah that's totally true well so yeah like when you came out was college <laughs> well yeah it was college that was why that was the reason I asked is like you weren't you didn't come out to like a teen you were more like family oh well first <laughs> first I had to come out to myself because up until that point I all of all of us that come out at a later point in life totally know those red flags of like how did you how did you not realize right I don't even know and so like my first Coming out had to be to myself first. Oh, yeah. I had to... <laughs> I had to get past the initial shock. I was raised so religious. So religious. It was not an option. It was never even, like, talked about unless it was in a very, very negative yeah. stance. Yeah. Homosexuality, transgender, whatever. Yeah. Highly frowned upon. and Fire and, and brimstone. Very much. I was, I was raised Southern Baptist. Let yeah. me... Just for some perspective, very evangelical Protestant. Yeah. Um, and so that's why the first step of coming out to myself was so important of, I had to understand who I was. Yeah. I had to accept the gravity of the situation because it was a big deal. It was a very big deal to be like, oh, I am attracted to women. Oh, shit it was very it was not good it was it was one of those moments where like when when the absolute gravity of something kicks in and you just stand there and it feels like the end of the world because life as you knew it is about to completely change and it did because i came out to myself at 18 I, it was my first semester of college. A lot of changes happening that first year. Um, I told my two best friends, and they were super supportive, super great. And then I started going to therapy with a Christian counselor. I have mixed sentiments on that, but the basically the counselor was like, you have to tell your parents, and was like pressured into telling them about, hi, I am attracted to women. And it went just about as poorly as you'd think. Um... And I ended up having to take six months off of school. Um, I wasn't allowed to go back to the original school because my parents believed that that's why. Um, I had six months to fix myself. And so in that six months, I put myself back in the closet and tried to figure out ways that I could survive being myself. And... I wish I could say I turned to being active to make that healthier, but I definitely didn't. There was a lot of very, very poor, poor choices made in that time. Um, And then I eventually just ended up going back to college, had to go to a different one, um, and stayed in the closet until two years ago (laughs) when my parents found out again. Starting martial arts a year ago. Um, it was something I needed to do. Yeah. Um, part of for mental health issues because my parents 
were not handling things well, were putting a lot of pressure. There was a lot of, a lot of anger. Um, and so I ended up going back into therapy, but then also I wanted to like myself. And one of the, the things I'd always wanted to do and I'd always respected were people who made it to black belt and higher in a martial art. And it was something I'd wanted to do since I was a kid. And I am so glad that I did because the perspective of myself has improved so much and having that self-respect helps deal with the pressure and the side comments and the just implied expectation that my parents still put on me but are getting better about and it's it's helped create boundaries through self-respect definitely I mean I can see that too can we talk about you being homophobic in high school? Oh, yeah. We and did can. you make like Yeah, I was, were there was there a gay teammate on your swim team? No. I know you had a, like a, a I had, gay friend. I mean, actually there could have been a gay teammate yeah. that yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, not aware of no, because I was an asshole. Yeah. Um Okay, so as I said, very evangelical Protestant growing up in a family very anti anti LGBT. Um I was definitely a homophobe in high school. And a lot of that stems from not understanding gender identity and not understanding my own sexuality. Um, I was scared of that. Like, I always wanted to steal my brother's clothes. I would wear his gym shorts. I would wear his... um, He had this one shirt that my cousins from Brazil brought. It was, like, camo. And it had Portuguese on the front of it. And I always stole that freaking shirt because I thought it was the coolest freaking shirt ever. You wore gym gym shorts and camo. Oh, yeah. Actually, and in seventh grade, my mom and sister, we were on our way to school, had a sit-down conversation with me about why I cannot wear boys' basketball shorts and basketball t-shirts and basketball shoes to school every day. And it was, it was like, okay. Oh, that's so uncomfortable. (laughs) I know it's uncomfortable to hear. But, like, in their eyes and in, like, where we were raised. Yeah. You're a young lady. Young ladies don't do that. Like, I've heard that my whole life. It is not correct. And every time I heard it, I just wanted to throw things. But being told that the justification of why you have to behave a certain way is you're a young lady. You have to. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. And I was, I was just a jerk because of religion alone. And, and religion is never a good reason to be a jerk to someone. I don't care what your stance on something is. Um, if you do it in the name of God, you're no longer acting in the name of your religion. You're just being a dick. Um, and I remember I'd have conversations, absolute arguments with, I had one really good gay friend. He was amazing. And we would have these just discussions and both of us would leave in tears because the other person just didn't understand it. And I eventually apologized to him, especially after it came out. Cause I was just like, I am so sorry that my insecurity was then projected onto you. I am so sorry for what I did for things I said. And like, I'm sure there are other people in high school that I didn't know were gay and I said something stupid to them and I feel terrible about it. And I know there are other people like me out there that were too scared to try and interact with and understand their own sexuality and it affects it so much. Not only did it hurt me, but it caused me to hurt other people and that's not okay. And so that's something that I had to deal with as well coming to terms with my sexuality was like, you need to go apologize to people. There's no excuse for ever having said these things or acting this way. 
Okay, can you tell me about your first competition? No. <laughs> yes, I can. Um, it was a disaster. No, that's not <laughs> true. It was a success because you went. It was it was a success because I went. An A for effort, child. Everybody gets a participation trophy. I don't want a participation trophy. I only want the trophy if I earn it. So so basically, let's get some context. Um, my form went just fine. I am very f- happy with the trophy I got with that one. <laughs> my weapons form was chaos <laughs> because I did the first two moves of one of my sword form and forgot everything. But you can't just stop. You have to just keep faking it till you make it. And it's terrifying and it's terrible. And I'm glad I got the worst thing that could ever happen to you happen to me at my first competition. But it's still a horrible feeling where you're just like, well, here we go. Yeah. And and the feedback from from the the instructors that were judging were like, make sure you have intention with your form. And I'm like, the intention is there when I remember. <laughs> but sparring, sparring was good. I enjoyed the sparring stuff just because it was my first time sparring people outside my school because yeah. when you spar people within your own school you get used to reading their body language and reading how they spar but then when you spar someone for the first time you have no idea who they are you've never seen them spar you're just trying to guess based on their form it's a whole new ball game and it's it's exciting yeah but it's tough it's yeah. definitely tougher than just sparring well and like i think nerves got a lot of the better of you for sure but this is like your first again this is well like the nerves got the better of me because it was directly after my disastrous weapons form <laughs> that i blanked out but yes competition and like it's a different kind of competition you haven't really competed in a sport since high school yeah not since high school that was so it's that just was a different feeling yeah that was that was tough and but it's cool because in martial arts, the adult categories have less people in them. And so you get to know them really, really well. Yeah. And it was fun because I got to know these people. And they're like, oh, you should come to the competition in Jacksonville in uh, February. Because then I'll see you there again. And yeah. you'll meet all these other people. There's this cool person from this school you'll yeah. get to hang out with too. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little community. Is there anything you feel like I haven't asked you? Oh, like, you're fine. I feel like you have so much you can use because I talk so much. I know, but there's also like we could honestly do a part two because I live I here. I know you so well. I also live here. Because like I feel, I'm not gonna ask. We're not gonna answer any of these questions right now. But I feel like I could ask you about like because we haven't even touched on like body stuff because like when we first met, you were working out in the gym and like trying to desperately lose weight, and... but like also masculinize your body through. Yeah, through working Sports out. And working out. So we haven't even touched on the fact that you are about to, or thinking about changing how much you're doing Taekwondo because mm-hmm. of injuries. Because of injuries. So like we touched on the injuries, but like there's more there. Okay. Are you ready for some trivia? I mean, I guess. I need like a theme song for trivia. We have some Taekwondo slash gumdo trivia and okay. some lgbt in north carolina trivia and we will alternate as oh i have been doing and this is not multiple choice okay thank you i'm really bad at multiple choice it okay. gives me anxiety okay um is so correct. the first question when did taekwondo become an olympic sport olympic sport Ooh, 
80s or I would say the 80s because that's when it became popular in the United States. Uh, so 2000. Really? The only other is Olympic judo. martial art is judo. I didn't know that. When was an North Carolina executive order signed banning state-funded conversion therapy of minors? I wish it was like early 2000s, but I want to say it's about 2016, 2017. So it's August 3rd, 2019. Ah! <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. It's not actually like a ban of all conversion therapy. Oh. It's just like receiving state funded. That's still not great of because minors. Okay, because that's you not... could still convert therapy Adul- majors. <laughs> adults. <laughs> you mean adults? No, I know. Well, see, that's what sucks is because the conversion therapy places most of them typically are religiously based. Like when my when I first came out to my parents, they tried to get me to go to this thing called Exodus International, which is a very evangelical Christian mm-hmm. um, conversion therapy thing, and I was nineteen, so no, they couldn't make me go. But it is important because. North Carolina is the first southern state to, in any way, ban conversion therapy. That's good. Yeah. What are the five tenets of Taekwondo from the philosophy of Choi Hong Hee? Um, integrity, perseverance, uh, courage. Oh, man. Okay, that's, that's, okay. Yeah. So the other three are courtesy, self-control, and indomitable spirit that's what it was okay indomitable spirit they are literally on a sign and he makes the kids repeat it over and over again he doesn't make the, the adults. adults do it and so like i see the sign every day yeah apparently not enough okay name three musicians slash bands who canceled events in response to the hb2 bathroom bill did gaga have a have a count no um are they big name yeah Jonas Brothers. Just kidding. They just came well, back. Nick Jonas, Demi Lovato and Nick Jonas had an event. Oh, did they cancel? They canceled. Oh my God. Thanks guys. Yeah. Um, so uh, the names that I've got on my list. All right. Good point. Bruce Springsteen, Pearl Jam, Ringo Starr, Boston, Cindy Lauper, Mumford and Sons, Demi Lovato, Nick Jonas, Brandy Carlisle, Maroon 5, and author Sherman Alexie. Was oh my God. I know all of those names. Thank you. All of you. Yep. Wow. Um, I have yeah. Um, so actually, I'm gonna go on to the oh, next. Yeah, Pearl Jam. Gonna go All on right. to the next. <laughs> the next LGBT question. Some others didn't cancel shows, but passed out pro-trans flyers or information about hotlines or available help. You'll like this. Jimmy Buffett didn't cancel, but made a statement. <gasps> Jimmy, thank you, man. Oh my god. Okay, I made a love statement. Jimmy as for the future of shows in North Carolina, it would definitely depend on whether that stupid law is repealed. That is up to good people of North Carolina, and there are many, and I am confident that they will see that the right thing will be done. As Forrest said, stupid is as stupid does. Oh my, we are blasting Jimmy Buffett. So up. the question is, when was the bathroom portion of the stupid law repealed? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's so recent, it's stupid. Like 2018? So March 30th, 2017. Okay. So it like last of about about almost exactly a year can you describe the stylistic difference between gumdo and kendo um i know for starters your sword when it's in its sheath is actually facing the opposite direction so that's one stylistically um that wasn't the answer i was looking for these aren't the droids you're looking for stylistic difference stylistic difference I mean, my best guess would be, so if it's, if it's similar to one of the differences between karate and taekwondo, 
Taekwondo is very, it's very, it stops. It stops. So like with karate forms, you keep it smooth, you keep it going. Mm -hmm. But with Taekwondo, well, with the style of Taekwondo, I do. It's very like stopping. Okay. And so stylistically, if it follows that same trend, um, I would say that my best guess would be it's more stopping than kendo. Okay. That is not correct. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So kendo waits for one decisive strike. Uh, and Gumdo, Gumdo is fast and dynamic, small motions like battlefield combat. Oh, it's so much fun! But the lines are blurred because Korea sends a team yearly to the World Kendo Competition. Hell yeah, they do! Where can people find you on the internet to learn more? But you're, I'm a little more active on Twitter, which is um, Write, Paint, Spar. And it's write as in like writing. I'm writing a book. Thank you for being on the podcast. Anytime, hon. <laughs> The Queer Fitness Podcast is co-produced by Eden Robinson. This episode of the Queer Fitness Podcast is sponsored by our Patreon. When you support this podcast on Patreon, you are helped making this labor of love a long-lasting one. And the first goal covers monthly audio file hosting and transcription costs. And you get access to Patreon-only perks like bonus content from every episode. Support the show at patreon.com slash queerfitnesspod.